Hello and welcome to Georgia Detail and I'm your host Mark Rittman. Today by Pavel Dolezal, CEO of Kabula, a company I first came across at the London Looker um, Join Conference last year, and more recently at the Looker Join event in San Francisco, where his company uh, won the um, Hackathon event. So, Pavel, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. It's really a pleasure. I, I'm a big listener to your podcast, and I love them. I love you know the people you bring on and the level of technical detail. So. Thanks for this. Um, yeah, as you said, my name is Pavel, and I was born in, in Europe, in Czech Republic, and basically I was you know, fascinated by technology since I was very, very, very young. And then, you know, I uh, when the internet came, you know, I started to actually do my own internet businesses with a couple of, you know, friends. We started the uh, search, engine, in, in, uh, search engine internet portals in Europe. I was part of the leadership team, and then um, we actually we were part of a Microsoft network for a while. We were in several countries, developed over 50 different products in the, you know like consumer facing, B two B facing. It was late 90s, and we were all based on .NET, uh, Microsoft SQL, and all that you know environment. Then my second company actually later started fastest growing performance media company. And within two years, we were actually servicing 15,000 businesses all over Europe. We moved our stack from Microsoft to, you know, open source, Ruby on Rails, CloudGB, Redis. That was that time, you know, everything was changing and then cloud started to catch on. And, you know, like servicing 15,000 clients meant that we were really automating a lot of things and we were doing a lot of, a lot of that with data and machine learning. But in both of those, you know, ventures, I would always have dozens of people taking care of data infrastructure and the process to get to something, you know, to answers, insights, it was very linear. You know, we as, as a business owner, I would say, well, I have an idea. I would like to explore this, you know, and I would issue a ticket and ticket goes to IT, you know, then goes back. I was like, well, it's really good. I explored it, but something missing. So it goes back to IT. And before you know it, we have four iterations and, and the, you know the, the answer is you know nobody cares you know so later on I actually you know when I sold that company I, I invested in a couple of couple of um, startups and one of one of these companies was actually doing Google Apps and Google Cloud implementations into large banks and I was working with the CIO of that bank and he he actually wanted to quickly analyze you know data about engagement of their employees. And from totally different sources, you know, like internal systems, external systems, RESTful API. And I was like, well, it's going to take a year. Right? It's like, well, you tout this cloud, so I have a cloud challenge for you. You know, like I care about speed, accuracy, and cost. So that's how I found Kivula because nobody else was able to do it. And it was really interesting. Back then, Kivula was really an agency which was specialized in moving clients to cloud. And helping with their systems and data integration for analytics, and they were doing as integration projects, right? So, but they already had this internal tool, which I really fell in love, and they were the only ones who were able to deliver what I wanted from them in 12 hours. So that got my attention. That that's kind of like my story. So my understanding of Kabula is it's um it's it's a product that came out of the consulting work your company was doing originally, 
Um, so you were developing, uh, I suppose, tools and techniques, which you eventually found that you know, could be turned into a product and, and is now being you know, offered for sale as a packaged up you know, accelerator, I suppose, really for um, for businesses looking to you know, scale their analytics and, 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 to, uh, and to deliver things faster. But there's quite a few companies out there that do this. So what is it particularly about um, about Kabula that is, its, I suppose, its unique selling point? And who are you aiming this product at particularly? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have to say we typically would serve, you know, more and more two, two groups of, uh, you know, customers. One of them would be hyper-growth customers, and the second one would be kind of like the large enterprises. And as you say, you know, like we've been around for some time taking what we had internally and prioritized that. And what we see, there's some, you know, pressures in, 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 the, in the enterprise kind of like world with more and more people wanting to scale analytics, right? And what we really kind of like address for those people, you know, is kind of like three problems. The first one is when, you know, there is a rise of agile teams, you know, across functional teams, across the enterprise, and their desire to actually do analytics and move from those linear ways to kind of like non-linear ways, you know, and actually analyze data from Gartner says there is over 1,100, you know, applications which are SaaS used in typical enterprise plus all of the old systems. So this rise of, you know, like people and how to, how you, citizen analytics, how you scale it to them. Second, it's kind of like, you know, when you, when you want to democratize, you know, this analytics and scale it across a company, you know, it, it usually with our customers, we see the rise of, you know, like 10% of the whole company would really need to do, you know, deep analytics, not just, you know, looking at the dashboard, but really do analytics. If you want to go the traditional you know, IT way, what we have found, you would need actually, you know, to support for, for three to five business people, you would need one IT person. And that's just not scalable if you talk about 10% of people doing analytics, because that you would have to hire hundreds of, you know, IT personnel to actually, you know, support that linear approach, right, that we talked about, you know, some minutes ago. And then, you know, like there's that, as I said, there's that platform for our data sources. And, you know, not only data sources, but also tools for analytics. Somebody wants to use for something SQL, somebody wants to use R, somebody Python, somebody Julia, MATLAB, OpenRefine, and on and on you go. And also, you know, what you want to do with the data changes. You know, originally people just wanted to look at the data. Now they want to do, you know, a simple, you know, BI, move to machine learning, and, and all the way, you know, do neural networks and applying third-party components. And all of that, you know, it's for insights and automations, right? And all that creates a huge stress on organization design where traditional IT and business roles are really separated, right? Their responsibility and stuff, right? And especially when you think about the legacy technology. And so what we saw was, the re- you know, like companies actually wanted to move from this. They wanted to become more agile, you know, like create cross-functional team and Really, the reason was to compete with Silicon Valley tech giants, right, who are actually really fast and traditional business. Like, how, how can we compete with it? We need to really, you know, change something. We need to augment, you know, the typical humans with, you know, data powers, you know, make them into data heroes and, you know, automate the, the, the manual, kind of like the boring stuff so they have more time to be creative. And the, the, the company moves from, you know, like, this, he does this, she does that, you know, and they are siloed into, hey, let's bring the cross-functional teams into Agile and create tribes. So, but it's hard. What we typically see that companies take two routes, right? You know, previously. They would, you know, like either resignate 
And because we are in that old world, you know, kind of like Oracle, Data Warehouse, a lot of Data Mars, very rigid, you know, structure. And that's, by the way, what, what, what Looker CEO, talk to Looker, you know, Frank calls the, the first wave of enterprise architecture, where only a selected few could really do something. When we talked about it a little bit, right, when we were preparing for this call, and, and the tools like the Oracle, you know, and, and they, they were brilliant when you talked about, you know, like being used by IT people. And this didn't, didn't really scale. Then the cloud came, and, you know, suddenly you would have all these, you know, small tools, you know, as you, you talk about Stage, DBD, or whatever, and anybody could use it. And, you know, as Frank, you know, Lucrecio says, this is the second wave of, you know, like analytics architecture. And then there is no security around it, right? So the second wave is kind of like good, but not for enterprise, and it creates a lot of shadow IT. So what we see now is actually the need to kind of like come at this third wave, which is the abstraction layer on top of these two waves, which actually gives, you know, the users the ability to use the tools they want in the teams they like, which are cross-functional, reuse what they build, and still, you know, like that, that has to be augmented with enterprise-grade security, you know, metadata, lineage, you know, procurement, uh, certificates, etc. So the way we think about this is kind of like if you think about what Twilio did, you know, for communications, they actually put an API layer on top of all communications, right? Or Stripe, they put an API layer on top of all the payments. So what we are, in a sense, doing, we are putting a data API layer on top of the whole data analytics and automation journey on all the infrastructure which is there, on all the, you know, processes. So we can abstract the users, you know, from actually the complexities. They can, this results kind of like in a serverless implementation, you know, like of the data kind of like analytics journey where people say, well, this is what I want to do, you know, the code, and this is the data I want to work with, right? It's, it's a little bit more difficult or, or different from the, you know, serverless implementation in, in, in you know, development, but it, I think it's, it's very, it's actually very good. What this abstraction actually allows us is to, you know, have, uh, you know, all the data goes in through API, goes out through API. All, you know, processes go in and out through API. And that, you know, going through API layer, we have all the metadata, we have all the payloads, user activity, changes in data. It creates automatic lineage, right? And creates all this data intelligence, which is done automatically on the fly and can be actually used by, by you know, like company company procurement and security departments. We put all the data in GraphDB. And it's very easy for users to use. So if you think about the environment, kind of like Looker or Tableau, it just usually kind of like starts with, you know, I want to do BI, right? I want to connect to new systems or old systems. Then, well, I want to do transformations. Well, I actually need to do some machine learning and I want to use Python. Oh, no, no, I want to use Julia. Hey, we need to work together as a team and we need to work, you know, all of this, all of this data operations, if you will, along, along the whole journey, is kind of like, just like really difficult because too many moving pieces. So that's why we created that abstraction, you know, like API layer that would enable actually the companies to actually really move into data ops way. And I know if you're familiar with the guys from Data Kitchen, yeah, they, they actually wrote a very good piece, you know, about data ops and they, they kind of like stated several, you know, like, like things, how data ops is different from, from DevOps, right? So 
yeah, like we, we all know that it's kind of like the devil is kind of people over processing conventions and that over technologies, right? But if you if you think about this approach, you know, it's really and, and you think about it, you know, uh, how it applies to data analytics, you know, and, and how it enables the, the agile teams. It kind of like they, the guys actually say has three components, right? First of all, we have different users in data analytics. In in, in DevOps, they have just the, the, the engineers, the developers, right? And they are very technical. They want to, you know, like tweak things. They love to learn new technologies and new approaches. In, in the data analytics, you know, I just counted, you know, we have, we have over you know, six user groups, right? From, from uh, IT developers, data engineers, data scientists, data analysts, business analysts, right? And, you know, except for IT, you know, the developers, five of those groups don't really care about the code and tweaking the code. They all care about business outcomes, right? And they, so we need to support them and automate the process around them so they can actually create agile, you know, teams. Second piece of the data ops kind of like manifesto, if you will, that the, the data kitchen guys put together is kind of like, well, we need to adopt the, the, the DevOps methods for continuous integration and continuous testing. So, because we have two different, we have two different uh, uh, systems, if you will, in, in data, right? We have innovation cycle, where we need to be really speed, velocity, different tools, agile teams and everything. But then we need to kind of like move it into the second cycle, which is a production cycle. So this is like kind of like DevOps methods, you know, thinking the second pillar enables us to do that. But the third pillar is actually the production cycle. And if you think about it, you know, like the production cycle, the models and pipelines, you know, and automation of workflows, they need to run both in cloud and some of them on-prem, and they need to be like really rigid, they need to be scalable, right? And we need to be able to test them and, and actually measure that production cycle. And it actually brings together the methods of lean manufacturing, right? And so when, when, we, when you think about this, you know, it's kind of like when you ask us, well, how do we fit in? We say, well, we are kind of like a, a serverless data operations platform. And we, what we enable is to kind of like scale business insights and revenue through the whole organization, not just parts of it. And automate workflows and enable click and mainly risk-free secure experimentation in that innovation cycle with one click for, you know, putting the models and pipelines into production. So, and that all is enabled by the API abstraction layer. That's how we fit very well in that world, you know, of, of the new tech together with old tech. So um, the product sounds quite technical, and um, and uh, yeah, although obviously you were talking about being aimed at, at business users, um, I mean, there's quite a few products in this space. You've got from one extreme maybe tools like or like DBT or uh, mm-hmm. Dataform, where um, that's about trying to make analysts into engineers, um, but it's quite kind of basic and and and. You know, scripting and so on. Other extreme, you've got maybe more established, um, maybe more old school tools like Wearscape Red. You know, who actually, who do you see as the target market for this? And and who is your, you know, who's the, who's the persona that you've developing this product for, really? Well, that, that that is actually the great question. That's the only question that matters, right? You know, like what what value you bring to your users and who are they, right? I uh, you know, like all of those guys, we know. Most of those guys are really, really great, you know, technical people are really great people, but they come to the problem, you know, from a you know, purely technical perspective, right? And, and kind of like, and I would say those kind of like, everybody comes to a problem, you know, like from two different angles, and I would say both are wrong. And the first one is kind of like IT, 
right? They, everything says it's an IT problem, right? And therefore, we need to think about IT and their current needs and how we kind of like, you know, like change it. And second, kind of like people saying, well, if I just solve this, you know, let's say Gartner Quadrant and my quadrant, which I, which I know, you know, about, you know, a little bit better, it's going to do the revolution, right? So if I, if I kind of like, if I just, you know, like enable more access to people to data warehouse, or, or if I, you know, enable them to run just more Python notebooks, you know, better. Or if I just, you know, enable better consumption of whatever Tableau Looker, you know, you name it, it's just going to solve the problem. But I believe this is dead wrong because, you know, people have their own bias and they box themselves into seeing, they don't see the whole journey of, of, of you know, they don't have the design thinking, right? They see just, you know, like they put themselves in the box. We do the data warehouse. You know, we do data warehouse virtualization, we do transformations, we do ETL, we do whatever. And then they actually think that the whole world is kind of like, you know, that better data warehouse or better whatever. And I just, I just don't think that it really works. Because like, if you, if you, if you live inside the white box, your whole world seems to be white, right? So what you need to do is kind of like step out, you know, think outside the box. And, you know, like really look at the whole journey as a complex journey. Talk to users, you know, talk to them, you know, like talk to, you know, the end users and, you know, like see that the uh, typical enterprise has 1100, you know, outside SaaS applications together with old, you know, Oracle warehouses together with, you know, like, like together with, with, you know, like the uh, Hadoop plagues together with everything. Right. And, you know, things like ETL, MDM, or, you know, different ways of integration, then, you know, like suddenly become just a method that you need to do to actually get to, to, the, to, to the target, right? And so our target and our users, we come from the business users. We come, you know, from the perspective, you know, of that changing world where, you know, like, you know, this whole, you know, like, data democratization and moving company into agile, you know, tribes is not going to happen only with hiring more IT. We need to be, you know, like we need, we, we actually have people in business departments who are more and more tech savvy. You know, we have very, very similar view of the world as Looker has, right? They say, well, you know, they, I, I love your, your, your kind of like your, your, your podcast with Colin, right? Colin Zima. And he said, well, the guys at Looker did very good thinking in the beginning that, you know, they need to enable more, you know, engineering, not less of it, right? Not kind of like click and fall. It just doesn't work. And so, you know, if you, if you look at the statistics, just data camp, you know, they have over 3.3 million students. 3.3 million. That's, that's huge. I mean, <laughs> those are not just IT folks, right? All of those, you know, students of data camp are people who are within business units. They are the analysts in marketing. They are the guys in logistics, right? They sit in procurement. They are at risk departments and they need to, you know, connect those 1100 applications and they are in sales, right? And they want to do something meaningful. So if you kind of like think about this for them, just creating better design of data warehouse just doesn't cut it, right? It's all whole journey. Insights, data into insights, insights across the whole company. From insights, there are actions. And you need to automate, you know, you need to build machine learning models to automate those actions and the whole customer journey 
whole, you know, whole, whole, you know, human work, you know, like people journey inside the company. And that's what we help them to. But, you know, like we start with business and then we go to IT. And then, you know, IT actually tends to love us very, very dearly because for them, you know, they are always thinking, well, we, they are very smart, you know, all these people, right? And they see, well, if we need to support these thousands of, you know, citizen users in the business department, how are we going to do it? We, we, we don't have enough people. We can't hire more people because, first, there are not enough great people. Second, we don't know how to manage it. So for them, for IT, we just become this, you know, great tool that enables them to, to scale business inside and to scale, you know, like machine learning creation and automation of processes into every single business department with full control, auditability, metadata. And that's why, you know, like solving just for one, one you know, persona in the, in the whole journey just doesn't work, you know. So, you know, for the benefit, benefit of anybody who's never, um, you know, seen Kabulu in action, just walk us through what a typical development session would look like. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, thanks for that. I will just use the, the Looker Hackathon as an example, right? But first, kind of like, you know, like when you say people, you know, picture Kabulu, right? I, I'm like, I like to use this analogy, right? Like, I remember 20 years ago, you know, actually almost 30 years ago, <laughs> when I started with, you know, with the IT and development, when we wanted to send an email, right, we would have to buy a server, right? Then we would have to install, you know, operation, you know, you know, you know a system on the server. Then we would have to, you know, uh, install service spec one, service spec two, whatever, right, patches. Then we would have to kind of like install the mail server and then blah, blah, blah. And before, uh, before the end of the day, when we would kind of like want to send an email, it was like three days of preparation, right? And that's kind of like the way, you know, the state of the market that we have in analytics. It's like very fragmented, a lot of different things. You know, if you want to do something, send an email, do an insight or automate, you know, you really need to be very technical and spend, you know, 80% of your time just putting together that stack, clean data. And then fast forward, you know, 20 years, and then you, we have Gmail, right? And just like, you know, or Office 365 or whatever, right? You just come to, to a survey. You say, I want to send an email. It's an address. You put in the code, your text of the email. You press send. And, and it's serverlessly done for you. You don't have to do anything. And that's such a huge, you know, productivity booster. Or Google Docs, right? We are exchanging together, right? Notes, across, you know, through Google Docs. I see your changes. You see mine. It's done, you know, totally automatically. And now... Let's you know talk about our user journey. So for uh, for the uh, for the Looker Hackathon, you know we, we, we came there and we're like, hey yeah, let, let's let's do a hackathon as well. What are we gonna do? Well, what can we do? Okay, well what can we do? Where is the data? Well, there's a lot of data on, on, on Twitter and on social media and how people talk about this Looker join, right? Well, you know typically we like, okay, how are we gonna analyze? It? Well. I can get some Python library, maybe hack it, you know. Well, I'm going to start our database. Well, what is the schema? How are we going to do it? You know, okay, well, I'm going to. So for us, you know, we were like, okay, we, we start from the end. So our end goal was kind of like, we want to show how are people talking about Looker join, how is, how is Looker, you know, talking, you know, about sponsors, how are the sponsors talking about Looker, what is the frequency, what is the quality of the text, you know, Etc. What are we, we going to need on this journey? Well, first, we need to connect to, to some data sources, you know, at some RESTful API of Twitter, let's say. Then maybe we'll need to scrape some data sources, you know, 
we need to, you know, take the data in. We need to put it in some block storage because we don't know how much of it is going to be, you know, down. Then somebody needs to spin a, a SQL server so we can put it, you know, structure it from blob into, into, into SQL. What, what about the coding of that? Well, it's a JSON. Who is going to, you know, you know, materialize the JSON? And then once it's in SQL Server, who is going to run, you know, transformation on that? Who's going to clean it? Who's going to join it? Oh, by the way, how are we going to know, you know, what is the, what is the, you know, like Sentinel data? Well, somebody needs to connect, you know, Google API for, for, for NLP or some other software who is going to do it. And before kind of like you prepare the data for actual analytics, it's days and days, right? Because you need to prepare the whole, the whole stack. With us, it's totally different. Still, the same you know, steps are needed to be done, right? You need to connect the data, you need to scrape it, you need to you know, you know, warehouse it, blah, 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 blah. But with us, you get one platform. We create a project and there are already prepared extractors, right? So Twitter extractor, yeah, click, boom, you know, two minutes and the, the, the data is being extracted, the data that we want, you know, the form that we want it, it's not, you know, preset from Twitter and it's being automatically put, you know, into our blob storage. Then automatically the JSON is being materialized into into CSV files, which are being stored into Snowflake. So within, you know, half an hour, you know, you have the data in Snowflake and already somebody, you know, can actually with all the metadata, with all the information, who touched it, who did that, right? And somebody can start, you know, actually do, do analysis and, and create transformation on that. So, you know, actually we, we got people from, from other teams, you know, actually joining us in that, right? And so somebody said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean the data. I'm going to use, you know, you know, SQL. And they went into Kibua, started a, with one click a sandbox, which actually, you know, gave them the data that was already warehoused in the Snowflake, which is connected under Kibua. And it gave them, you know, like separate Snowflake warehouse. So it's just sandbox for them. So they, they developed in the sandbox environment, you know, they clean the data, they join it, and then they registered, you know, the, 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 the code, which was production ready into our transformation folders. And then, you know, in the, mean, in the meantime, you know, somebody else was in the same project actually, you know, pivoting the data using Python. So what they did, they actually went into sandbox, and I want a sandbox, you know, one click, it has to, it has to be, you know, like with Jupyter Notebook, it has to have, you know, certain amount of, of you know, like uh, memory for it. And, you know, automatically, you know, our API gave them the data from that Snowflake instance, right? So here you go, you know, in the same time, you know, without touching all those, you know, underlying infrastructures, two people with just one click got two totally different sandboxes. They develop, they register it into our transformation layers. And then what about, you know, you know NLP? So somebody else actually, meanwhile, went into our marketplace where there is over 900 different apps, right? And said, so, well, there is an NLP app from Genia. One click, you know, edit what is going to be the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the file, right, that's going to go in. And what do we want? This, you know, sentiment, you know, scoring, positive, you know, you know, okay, entities, click. And meanwhile, you know, data was sent to Genia and received automatically back through Kebula API into Snowflake. So within really just two hours, you know, four people work on that, you know, together in one project. And Kebula kept, you know, kept, uh, kept track of every single action that everybody did in this environment. Because again, all of that was happening on top of the data API. 
And all of the data actions and jobs, you know, I want to run the SQL in the production environment with this data, then Kebula created a job, which was, you know, run through an API. And we had all the metadata about who did it, what data it touched, you know, how is the data tables, how are they connected together, the lineage, and what was the, you know, what was the start, what was the, the result. And so then, you know, we just went and just created a Looker dashboard on top of that with one click. We've automated this whole journey so it would be happening every hour, for example, right? And so I, I, that's how kind of like, you know, it was, it was kind of like done. You know, like you didn't have to start anything. You know, you didn't have to integrate together five different pieces of technology because everything is just provided for you. So, you know, go back to um, Look at Join um, in San Francisco last year. One of the the major themes of the of conference and the product announcements by Looker was around packaged applications and, and building applications, you know, directly into into Looker, creating marketplaces and so on. You know, is this is this something that's 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 kind of a threat to Kabula? Is it something where you know it's, it aligns with what you're trying to do? What's your thoughts on that? No, we love them. We actually, you know, like uh, with Looker team, you know, we were preparing, you know, like in the new marketplace, we are preparing, you know, several different, you know, applications with Kebula technology, which we call scaffolds. And, uh, you know, the, the idea is kind of like the Looker is, is, uh, is a great tool. It's a great platform. And they, they have a very big focus on the front end, right? On the, on the kind of like, you know, the insights and what you can see, how you deliver, they, uh, how they the, deliver the data experiences to end users, right? Our focus is more on the platform side, you know, like, like one layer below, right? And to automate, you know, all of these, you know, like different, different orchestrate all these different tools, different processes, and different people together. And so what we did, you know, like a like couple of weeks prior to the Looker, Looker Journal, we were actually using our scaffold, which basically, you know, everything I described about that, you know, like Looker Hackathon that we did, all of those, you know, analytics, you can actually now package together into one scaffold. And with just one API call, you can call it and just create a new Kabula project for you. It connects to data sources, it scrapes them, it warehouses them, you know, and it, you know, does all that, you know, SQL code, Python code, calls the Genia and creates a Looker application and all of those dashboards. So now if you go into Looker Marketplace, you know, you can see, you can see several of these. For example, there is a, sub, a whole subscription analytics, you know, with Looker powered by Kabula scaffolds. There is a whole, you know, like, like, like a user comment or user behavior, you know, uh, application in Looker powered by Kibola Scaffold. So I think these two are very powerful when combined. And, and I totally uh, subscribe to, to, to Looker Way because like when we want to democratize across the companies, we really need to allow, you know, the internal, internal, internal data tribe people to actually prepackage certain things for their users. So people don't have to reinvent the wheel all the time. That, that's a big thing, you know, when, when we see companies go really, you know, like up to 10% of their workforce doing, doing like advanced analytics, we see a couple of things, you know, like first, they need templates, so they would not have to kind of like rebuild the stuff. That's kind of like our scaffold and Looker application. Second, there needs to be, you know, the auto, automated kind of like uh, uh, analytics on the user behavior and, you know, in the sense that we want to help the users if they get stuck. For that, you know, we are using all of that metadata and activated data that goes from our from our data API, and we have something we call predictive support. 
So, you know, imagine you own the, you know, you are the data tribe, you own the data, you know, initiative, and you see somebody kind of like going, trying something, and then they, it just goes down, you know, they, they don't finish, their jobs are still running with error, we will let you know automatically. So you can reach out to them, and you can just like immediately, you know, jumpstart them. This, this works really wonders at, at, at the company. And, and the third is kind of like, you need to play in a wider ecosystem, because like, now nobody's gonna solve all you know like those 1100 you know uh, applications enterprise on their own so that's where i think looker is doing a fantastic job and they are kind of like enabling that 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 last mile we are trying to enable the miles before that and together it, it plays very nicely as we have experienced so another topic we talk about a lot on the uh, the podcast is this idea of scaling analytics and, and democratization of analytics um, yeah, and I suppose analytics going beyond just um, dashboards and, and, and graphs to be part of a process and part of a workflow. You know, what was your thoughts on this um, area? Well, you know, I, I, that, that's that's I would say that's the whole you know like the reason for being for Kibble, right? So you know, like again, you know, like we we did a count and on typical journey that goes beyond you know dashboarding and but but creating the the machine learning models and then using the models to actually automate the processes right we, we there's over 17 steps you know on the complete data journey from from you know data is somewhere all the way to models are you know insights are actually done and the models are created machine learning models and all processes are automated and then there is a feedback loop back into the you know system so it can get better and better, right? And you know how we fit in, we care about the whole data operations alongside the whole journey. So we care about the user experience and scalability to 10% of workforce. And you know, I, we really are, are thinking, you know, why when we go to companies, like there's an example of large, you know, large financial institution and we started with them and, you know, like these institutions, they have everything, right? They have oracles, you know, they have Hadoop, they have everything. But somehow, as you said, you know, it doesn't work together, right? People were not able to actually scale those analytics or they were able to scale, you know, dashboards, but not, you know, like the model creation and automation of those processes. And so when we come there, we kind of like connect to those sources. We connect to Hadoop Play, we connect to, you know, like Oracle Data Warehouse, and we let the teams to connect to their applications, right? But that's the first step. The second step, which I, I think was really, is really important and was really undervalued before, is, you know, we need to allow the users to create, the, you know, like agile tribes. And by definition in agile, right, it, these are cross-functional teams. So in one team, you know, you have, you have a data scientist, data engineer, IT person, and business person. And together, they actually create the whole process. And at the end of the process, there is a metric, right? That is kind of like they are responsible for it. It's registered in a, in a data catalog or something like that. And then somebody, you know, somebody wants to, anybody who wants to shop for data or, or use that metric in their dashboard or, or in their model, they can actually see who is responsible for it, how it got created, and mainly in which other processes it's already being used. And if the data is getting old or if it's, you know, fresh. And this kind of like changes the, the logic from like only tiering, you know, the layer on top of the layer, integration on top of integration until everybody loses the context. 
This agile approach, on the other hand, gives people, you know, the context. They own the concept. And the technology, you know, is supporting their processes. And the processes are supporting the people. So in typical, you know, like the, the, the DevOps manifesto, right? And, and you know, like when we go to, to, to this, you know, like that, that, that large financial institution, we actually introduce Kebula or, you know, we connect it to Oracles, we connect it to Hadoop, we let them connect to their, you know, like, for example, risk guys to all of their, you know, external sources from, from you know, that are out there. And within six months, people in 14 different departments, you know, started to use Kebula, not only for dashboarding, that was the first time. But they start to actually create what we call business data apps. And business data apps is the, you know, like, yes, you can use the scaffolds to automate, you know, recreation. But mainly, it's, you know, like what you talk about, right? You know, the whole, whole process from acquiring the data, putting some logic into it, enriching the data. Yes, looking at the insight, but then creating actions and using those actions to automate the processes. For example, one of these apps would be in the in the risk department, they wanted to kind of like, you know, bring down the fraud. So they actually created a business data app on top of Kebula, which helped them to actually get from users the IDs, right? Then they would use the, the, the recognition software, you know, like as an app on top of that, which would say it's a male, female, you know, what are, you know, they would read the name, you know, surname, they would read the exit files. And all of that they did, for you know to compare it with the database of stolen IDs, which were which were kind of like used for fraudulent actions, right? So they wanted to kind of like you know you know decrease the decrease the uh, probability that somebody is using fake ID. And at the end, you know they actually had you know the list of white labeled IDs, kind of like not used in fraud, right? And all of that, you know, they created within four hours. And you know the result of this you know business data app or workflow automation is a clean data set that can now then be used, you know, in, in, in multiple other, you know, use cases within the company. And this is the power, you know, like another example is kind of like the data app, you know, people with CRM department, right? They would actually first connect the data from different sources, mobile web, you know, their CRM, ERP, and they would look for people, you know, like insights, you know, looking through to dashboards, right? Hey, what are the groups? You know, how can we, what can we, you know, they would start thinking about questions, right? And then within the same environment in Kibula, they would actually create, they would create the, the next best offer, right? They would invite somebody from, you know, data science department, or they would already have someone or somebody external, and they would create that. And within just a couple of clicks, they would actually automate the whole journey. So now the data comes in, you know, automatically it's clean, it's, it's being compared with CRM, ERP, you know, it's giving compared with some credit, you know, some scoring of there, and then you know, next best offer, and you know, the system kind of like model decides: should I contact this person via email, via SMS, or should I give it to call center so they would contact them? And before you know, it gets sent or orchestrated by Kebula, there is a risk model which we talked about previously, right? And that's always updated, you know, with a minute, and it says, well, this is the risk, you know, portfolio. We can do it or we cannot do it on the fly. It has to go for, you know, recheck. And again, this is another example. So, so these are, you know, like things when you, when you ask me what is the secret sauce, how to actually change that scale of analytics, I really think it's kind of like think about the whole journey as, you know, in, in, from a design perspective, from the user experience perspective, 
right? And, you know, like change into data ops mindset with agile teams, DevOps techniques, and lean manufacturing processes in the production cycle. And, you know, like, if you don't think about the whole journey, then you're just like optimizing for local maximum. You know, if you think about, oh, we can do the ETL process, you know, the best. Well, you optimize for local maximum, which is one of 17 steps of journey. So it, it, it's very helpful. It's very helpful. But it helpful for, it's helpful for that particular part of the journey and that particular persona. So our approach is kind of like we, we look at the whole data operations, you know, and we care about the user experience and the collaboration of users. And if they use in those 17 steps, if they want to use, let's say, for the model creation R or Python or, or, or MATLAB or Julia or Databricks, we don't really care. We care about what is their experience and what you know, data intelligence we keep in the process and how we abstract the users from actually having to run the systems themselves. So, um, you know, a lot of, um, many of our listeners actually are, are consultants or work in a consultancy or independents. Um, and they're probably thinking, well, is, is Kaboola something that actually that would replace us on a project? You know, is the whole point of a tool like yours to actually do away from the need of a consultant or a partner um, to help with the implementation? Hmm. That, Mark, thanks. That's actually a very good question. And we get it a lot. And, you know, like, no, totally not. It just allows you to do more interesting jobs. Because like what we have actually seen, you know, a lot of consultants would kind of like, you know, like start and help with integrations and stuff. And for that, you know, the budget would be kind of like used, all of that. And before they get to interesting stuff, the clients are like, oh, should we spend all the money? With us, you get there faster, you know, you, you, you save that budget and actually you can do interesting stuff. You can move from that initial dashboarding to actually what you, you know, said, you have the money, resources, and time to spend it on actually, you know, scaling the analytics across the organization. Just to give you a number, in our typical, you know, implementation, we are, we are very, very partner-focused. You know, our professional service, it has just six people globally. That's it. We do, you know, we do, we do a lot of, we do a lot of architecture, but mainly we are there to support our consulting partners. And so, like, when we go, you know, in the first phases of the project, let's say first year in the large company, the amount of money to be spent on Kibula, you know, compared to amount to be spent on, on, on services is one to six. So, actually, you know, we can see how much more, you know, like, it actually creates because we, we, we unlock the data into business department. That's a fundamental change because then, you know, you know, business people actually, you know, like they go, they have, pro you know, problems, issues, challenges, they try something, but ultimately, you know, they don't want to spend, you know, days and years. They want to innovate, but then take it to, into operations. They actually call on the consultants more and more and more. And that's been great. You know, like there are several companies, you know, around Czech Republic that started with us, you know, they were our clients originally. And there's at least three, four companies I can think of now and they actually scale their business from one to 20, 30 people within one and a half years. You know, and that, that is, no, we love, actually, we love consulting partners because they are the ones who can, you know, bring the context and who can keep the context. And they have the fundamental skills. So, um, Pavel, just to wrap things up, really, um, how would people find out more about um, Kabula? Uh, maybe download the product or, or, or find out some more data sheets or background mm -hmm. information? So... We, we have a website, you know, www.kebula.com. 
we actually, if you are technical, you might really like our, our, our Nerdy blog, you know, which is 500.kabula.com, internal server error, where you can, you know, read a lot of things about, you know, like how we, how we actually, you know, program Kabula, et cetera. We have a GitHub slash Kabula where you can read a lot of code. If you really want to, you know, read the uh, business kind of like a related blog post, it's blog.kebula.com, Twitter, obviously, Facebook. And we are trying to do a lot of, you know, like a lot of, uh, um, a lot of community events, a lot of hackathons. You know, we support a lot of hackathons we create. We also have started, you know, several years ago with, with, with uh, one women in tech group. We started the group, you know, for, uh, for, for uh, teaching uh, females, you know, I how to do data 101. It was originally called Data Girls because it was it was at Little Girls. It kind of like grew and and new initiatives started on top of that. Like she loves data in Asia, and that kind of like initiative now has over 10,000 people. Kind of like went through the initiative, which which I which I love. It's one of my most favorite things to do, and and stuff like that. Yeah, we we try to be at the conferences, and my my Twitter is Pabu P A B U. Zero one, where I try to publish, you know, interesting stuff. But yeah, really on on the internet, and yeah, and you can also go to try.kibula.com, and if you use the code guide slash mode, you will actually get a free project for fourteen days with guide mode already in in it, so you can actually test all of this and see if it's if it's yeah, what I say. <laughs> Pavel, it's been uh, great speaking to you. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and uh, great product and um, take care and um, hopefully see you at some point in the future. Hey, Mark, it's been a real pleasure and thanks for inviting me here. I really love your show, as I said, and you know, like you have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you.